good to have the lovely notes of Giuseppe Verdi back after uh, we had to go through an episode without them forcibly. Uh, it is the Serie A sit-down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio at the highest level. I'm Frank Ravello. Glad you've clicked on and gotten stuck in with us yet again. Uh, let me bring in right away our co-host, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How was your weekend? Uh, very busy. Um, and plenty of Calcio. Uh, you know, uh, Serie A did not all of a sudden just rig the schedule after what happened with Italy to try to give everybody something to look forward to. That's just how it happened to be. Um, but we can pretend that they said, all right, we need to make everybody feel better. Let's have four big games this weekend. So, <laughs> That's right. And, uh, uh, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I had a busy weekend myself. Um, luckily, uh, I want to thank the guys over at Curva, Curva America and uh, Roma Club DC because they invited me out to go watch uh, the Derby della Capitale. And man, that was fun. They got a big fan club here in DC area. So uh, it was really a joy to meet the guys and, uh, and, and hang out with the, with the Roma Club. It was fun to watch watch the Derby in such a special atmosphere. They had like 50, 60 guys there. So uh, awesome, awesome way to watch a game. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, nine games uh, over the weekend, 22 goals, a, a game to be played on Monday that might might or might not whet people's appetite. Uh, we're going to watch just because we have to as Serie A people. So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, but nonetheless, uh, so we have recaps of the games. There were four big ones over the weekend. Uh, we'll have all of what went down over the weekend in match week 13. We will also have a preview uh, of the uh, games in Europe this week. Match day five in the Champions League. Uh, some critical games there. Uh, Europa League opportunities there for uh, a couple teams to sew up their spots and join Lazio. Uh, helping us break this down, we do have a guest. Uh he is part of the Sempre SSC Napoli podcast, born and raised in Yonkers, New York, now residing up in the Capital Region era, area, Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, uh, to, to be exact. Uh, his father, born and raised in Naples, mother, Italian-American, with her family from Sicily. Ouch. Um, I have that in reverse. Uh, my dad's side is from Sicily. My mom's side is from Naples. And if anybody knows their Italian history, those people don't really like each other. So it's a wonder how this man's parents and my parents all met <laughs> and, and, and got along and coexisted. So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, lifelong Napoli fan. His last visit to the San Paolo was, in fact, a visit when they were in set C in a 1-0 win over Spall. Uh, and he is uh, part of the SSC Napoli podcast with James and with uh, uh, and with Darren and uh, fellow sufferer of the uh, Naples uh, Sicily uh, Union, uh, Rafa Rispo. Uh, ciao, Rafa. <laughs> ciao, guys. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I'm good. glad I'm not, I'm glad I'm the only one. I'm glad I'm the only one that doesn't have a civil war going on in my own body. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough living, I'll tell you. It really is. <laughs> I got to deal with it everywhere I go. Although I look, I look zero percent Italian. Everybody asks me if I'm from somewhere else other than other than Italy. So, you know, uh, it's 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 rough living. Yeah. The problem with the Sicilian and Napolitan mix, Richard, yeah. is that there's there's no angel and there's no devil. There's no angel conscience and there's no devil conscience. There's two devil consciences. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now I see why Frank is a, a Rosanero because he's got devil on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so if you, 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 we should be Palermo. I should be a Palermo or a Napoli fan, or I've got a soft spot for Palermo, and I've got to 
you know, and I cheer, and I and I like the way Napoli plays. So we'll just leave it at that. So you, you um, hear about Palermo? What's going on with them, huh? What a what a catastrophe is going on over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like they're headed towards bankruptcy. I read something about that. Shame. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's odd. I mean, I don't know who's to blame. I guess the owners ultimately to blame. But uh, what what did you hear from? What did you hear about that? Well, I heard uh, not too not too very much. I think they're. They're looking. It's looking like they're headed towards uh, a bankruptcy, and that uh, that it's it's all like being finalized now. But I think they're letting the courts handle it. So uh, I know I know uh, the the owners uh, 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 who was you know, and the guy's name is escaping me, but he's famous for firing every single manager he gets a day after he hires them. Zamparini. Uh, Z- Zamparini. Zamparini. Yeah, yep. it's a, yeah, yeah. He sold the team to. Uh, a young, uh, a young guy who's like full of tattoos, and, yeah, and you yeah. just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forgot his name. And well, I, <laughs> it's funny, something yeah, like something like that. I all I know is that when I saw that he had taken over, I I said to myself, "This team is done in six months." And look at look at where we're at, you know. Wow. So You're I mean, you know, it was, yeah, it was just a you know just a, a little a little preview into into. Uh, the, the future of, of Palermo is what I saw, and, and uh, just reading yesterday that they were going towards bankruptcy, and they got flashbacks from when I went to to San Paolo and City of Chi, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't fun. So mm. good luck to them and what they're about to go through. Yeah. Oh, what a what a what a shame. I mean, you you seen the uh, <clears throat> you seen the graphic that's gone on in social media about the kind of team that Palermo would have if they never sold anybody. Oh uh, yeah, they'd be one of they'd be one of the best in Europe. Um, Absolutely. You know, can you imagine a a partnership of uh, you know Cavani up front with uh, DiBala playing behind him. Um, you know, at this rate, you know, wow. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh God, there's just. I mean, it's an endless list. You could you could uh, you could put a full eleven and good substitutes. This is a team that could comfortably you know rotate between uh, you know league and and continent. It's 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 just a real shame. Uh, you know what's going on over there. So. Um, but uh, let's get to the teams that are actually playing in the top flight, and we will uh, we will start with the uh, teams that are near and dear to the hearts of the uh, Serie A sit-down panelists with all the respect of everyone who are fans of the capital team because we know that was a huge game. Um, so, but we had four big games this weekend, and 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 they're all big for their you know for their own reasons, and any one of them could have been top billing really. So, um, but uh, we will start with that Napoli Milan game. It was the uh, the match that took place on Saturday night at the San Paolo. Uh, Milan getting on a little bit of a in, into the ascendancy, if you will, uh, going into the uh, uh, international break, and then you know having to come back and deal with this match away to Napoli. Napoli, obviously, with that unbeaten start, uh, sitting top of Serie A, uh, really putting a push on winning the Scudetto and trying to end Juventus's reign. Uh, a big game here. Uh, and, and, you know, a bit of a cagey one here in the first half an hour. Clearly, Napoli were going to get the better chances. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne is played through uh, and looks to have beaten Gianluigi Donnarumma only for the referee on the pitch to call offside. Uh, and then VAR showed up. Uh, and uh, after further review, Alessio Romagnoli did keep Lorenzo Insigne offside to give Napoli the 1-0 lead. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Rafa, fair uh, to go to VAR on something like that? Absolutely. I think that's what it's for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a goal was scored and the offside flag was up. And, you know, any kind of doubt 
you know, before any kind of doubt, they just they would call it offside. Yeah. You know, and and um, I'm glad that they were able to to check the the replays and the VAR came about and and you know rightfully so because we all saw like you said Romagnoli kept them on just a tad but you know I mean even watching it in real time um, and you know it was tough for me because I was working as I was watching but you know I couldn't really show <laughs> much emotion or like pay close close attention so I, I ended up watching the game again later on but as I'm watching live. Uh, you know, honestly, I was like, oh, okay, he was off, and saw a replay. I was like, yeah, maybe that, maybe they're right. But then, when they called the goal, I said, whoa, we got the goal. But watching the the uh, the replays, you know, I, hey, that's what it's put there for. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's there. Let's use it. You know, and and there's nothing you can really say about it. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with you. I think they got it. Ultimately, they got it right. It's just as a Milan fan, I'm like, oh, you really? I understand. <laughs> hard, yeah, enough, I hard, understand. Enough, hard enough to keep them out without the referee's help and without VAR's help. At least okay, it wasn't Juve who scored on us. Exactly. It's, it's clear <laughs> VAR was created to get Napoli to win a, a Scudetto and, and or take it off of Juve's hands. Yeah, that's fine know? with me yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> this would go into halftime uh, by a goal to nil. And then second half, Milan started coming into this game and establishing a little bit more territory as far as possession, uh, creating some chances. A lot of that having to do with Napoli somewhat shifting things a little bit, uh, you know, knowing that they have the ability to counter and go for that second goal. Uh, that's what they ended up doing. Palla dentro per Zieliski, posizione regolare. Zieliski! Arriva il gol del Napoli. Napoli 2, Milan 0 al minuto 28 del secondo tempo. So that second goal coming from Zielinski after a wonderful ball played through by uh, Dries Mertens. Now, Rafa, um, comment on Napoli and how they're getting all of their goals this season. Last season, Mertens slipped into that false nine role. And things might have gotten slightly Mertens dependent with all of the goals that he's scoring. But this season, goals are just coming from everywhere with the Parthenon pay, aren't they? They are coming from everywhere. I think it's just uh, the unselfish play that we've uh, we've adapted to under Sari's system. Um, you know, there's the ability to uh, distribute the ball, um, you know, and everybody knows where they're supposed to be. And, and you know, it's, it's just uh, they rely on – the, the quick movement and the quick passing and um, um, the goals are coming from everywhere. Uh, even though last season uh, we were the only team in the top five leagues to have uh, four goal scorers and double figures. So yeah, we were a bit Mertens dependent um, to, to an extent he just went crazy last year, but mm-hmm. you know, you look at Hamsik one goal, I think his, uh, his Maradona uh, tying Maradona's record is is got to be on his mind. We we uh, we at the show at Sempre we had con- you know attributed possibly to a knock he may have received preseason or just you know n- uh, like out of form. But I think that 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 record is special to him and he's he's it's on his mind. So there's only one goal from Hamsik, but you know it is coming from everywhere else. Uh, uh, I believe we've got 12 different goal scorers now. Wow. Uh, in all com- in all competition, and I think the eleven of them were in the first six or seven games. To be honest with you, in, in Serie A, and, and then you know you have your Champions League games too, and uh, you know it, it's coming from everywhere, and it's it's good to see that we um, uh, like we haven't lost focus because right around now is is when we would lose our focus and uh, end up drawing and and losing some of these games, and and we're just you know we're just steamrolling. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, 
you know, no complaints there. They, you know, for all for, for everything that Milan were doing in this game in possession and trying to carve out some things, it was, you know, Napoli with a better team. Uh, although there would be uh, there would be a little bit of drama there towards the end uh, in the 91st minute. Alessio Romagnoli with a contender for goal of the weekend. Romagnoli, really? Musacchio, traversone dentro per Kalinic, salta altissimo ancora Albiol, poi Romagnoli! Che gol! Alessio Romagnoli prova a riaprirla al Milan, secondo gol consecutivo, ma che gol per un difensore centrale! Che gol! Richard, um, I think we can solve the Romagnoli problem here with his defending, since Milan is struggling for goals and now he scored his second in two games. How about we just put him up front? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's doing better offensively than he is defensively, so I think that might be a good idea. <laughs> because Kalinic just stinks. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I don't think this is a fair... I don't think that this was a fair assessment of Andre Silva, who came on and now obviously this is a costly defeat beyond uh, not getting any points from Ilan Suzo going down with the injury just before halftime. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, something that they're going to aggressively evaluate. They, they have not placed a timetable really specifically for how long he's going to be out. He'll certainly be out for the game on Thursday uh, against Austria Wien. Just uh, uh, how much of a blow, just talk about how much of a blow that is to Milan having Suzo out. That's a big name. To, uh, he's arguably the, he is the best player. There's no arguing about it. He is the best player of the season for Milan, and then losing him, who knows how long for how long. I mean, hopefully it's not a, a big injury, just missed one game, but... Um, He's been the playmaker who, other than him, the next best player is Barini, and he's not really doing anything offensively. He's just working really, really hard. Um, right. the, rest of, the rest of the guys who need, a, need will need to step up. Um, it's a sad state of affairs that the only reason they brought in Andre Silva into the game is because of the injury. You know, you thought he would have had opportunity to come in before that as a starter, perhaps. But, um, yeah, guys like Bonaventura um, and the rest of the attackers, the rest of the team, really, they need to, they need to step up for sure because – like I said, the only spark plug we've had this season has been Suzo. Now that he's gone, who's going to step up? Mm. We need to see it for somewhere. Uh, and Rafa, I'm going to ask you to praise one of ours because uh, <laughs> against anybody else last night, um, had it not, you know, had, against anybody else last night, you would have scored. Napoli would have had about four or five goals in this game, but Gianluigi Donnarumma was brilliant. He was brilliant, and um, it's it's a good performance to see um as he is uh you know set to take over uh Gigi Buffon's uh spot at the number one you know the the starting goalkeeper in the Italian national team and um you know what a performance he did put in to cement the um you know cement that status and I think that he is is you know he's got his if you ask me he's got his moments you know uh, but but he's 19 years old we all know goalkeepers get better with age, and and this kid is just, I mean, you know, he's going to be a star uh, if he isn't already, you know, and um, he he's he he made a a couple of really good saves. I think there was one one on Insigne yesterday, and then one yep. one that he palmed from Mertens in the in the yep. in the second half. Uh, you know, one of the rare rare occasions other than the goal that we had the ball down there in the second half because I just saw in the second half you guys. You guys had so much possession that you ended up with more possession in the whole match in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but he 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 turned it up, and yeah, Napoli. You know, they've been on a bit of a goal drought. You know, if you sort of speak as well. Um, you know, two goals yesterday is not not usual. You know, we don't usually stay at two. 
Um, but you know, we we are. Um, uh, yeah, we can thank uh, Donnarumma for, for for some of that. Yeah. Well, two two goals two goals is a drought for you guys. So it sure is. Yeah. What's the um, score tracker up to now? Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, get to the. Uh, we do this every week, uh, Rafa. When after a Napoli game, we uh, we calculate their uh, season long pace uh, because at the beginning of the season we had some ridiculous 160 goals. Um, you know, it's, right. it's, it's it's tailed off a little bit since then. In fact, the only scoring two goals against Milan, and thanks to Gianluigi Donnarumma, uh, Napoli's uh, season uh, season rate. Uh, is now down, Richard, to 99 goals. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> under get the, 100. Get 100. Come on. Finally under the century mark for the for the first time. Sorry, out. <laughs> <laughs> Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up. Start it over again, Napoli. It's all over. No. The, 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 but Romagnoli's goal kind of annoyed me because uh, I realized that, oh, we were we were with the, you know, the, the derby that we'll touch on earlier, uh, you know, we'll touch on later, the derby from earlier that day. Um, with Lazio's goal, Roma and us were tied for least goals in the league. And then right, yeah. <laughs> right in the 90, 91st minute, 90, 92nd minute, yeah. Romagnoli puts it past us. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, there goes our, there goes our, uh, you know, top defense status there. But, but it's okay. You know, uh, 34 goals for nine against, I don't think you can ask for anything better. Yeah. You can't complain about that too much. Not, not really. at all. So. No. You know, and we talked about Gianluigi Donnarumma. As you're going to go through this recap here, everyone, as you listen to us, you're going to get a very calming sense. You're going to get a little bit of a reassuring sense. I know we're all angry about Italy, but this is going to be. This was a weekend for the young uh, next, the next Italian player, Gianluigi Donnarumma, playing very, very well for Milan. You are going to find uh, that there are going to there are going to be some names that could end up in a Missouri shirt in a few years that were pretty prominent yeah. uh, this weekend. So sure. That's all. We're starting to detach ourselves a little bit. That draw is going to come up in a few weeks. We're all going to be pissed off again. But in the meantime, enjoy the next Azuri players because uh, some of them turned out this weekend. Uh, Richard, you had some stats on this one? Yeah, it actually comes by way of your separate boys and your buddy Kenny over there. Uh, at he's Napoli, amazing. At Napoli Stats. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a stats guy. So the fact that he oh, yeah. does this, it, it's awesome. So uh, as and as you pointed out, um, Napoli were actually the disadvantage of the possession of this game overall was Milan 54.9% to Napoli's 45.1%. Uh, and Milan actually had more passes in the game than, than Napoli did. Um, and Napoli only had three more shots in them, but they had way more on target. Um, and also from Kenny, um, this is an impressive stat. Uh, the last 25 Serie A matches, Napoli have 21 wins, four draws, and zero losses. They've collected 67 points out of 75 possible in that span. Uh, hashtag Scudetto material. So thank oh, you, Kenny, yeah. for those. Thank you, Kenny, for those stats. And then lastly, also another stat from Opta Paolo. Um, AC Milan uh, are the only the second team to have had no touches in the opposition box in the first half of a Serie A game this season. Only a team to do that's Benevento, who did it twice, once against Napoli and once against Juventus. Uh, that's abysmal when you're compared to Benevento. Mm. Interesting, interesting stuff there. Um, quick closing note here on Milan, Richard. Still a process, but to be able to go to the San Paolo and... I'm 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 tired of looking for moral victories. Right? <laughs> That's all but, we have, man. <laughs> but this is, you know, can be forgiven for losing to the hottest team in Serie A at the moment, and you know, take this now and and do something with it. Okay, this is part of the progression because now when you look at the okay Torino at home, 
Atalanta at home. Uh, and then uh, I believe they have like three straight home games. Is that no? Uh, Benevento away. Um, excuse me. Uh, Torino at home. Benevento away. Uh, Bologna at home. Verona away. Uh, Atalanta at home. Fiorentina away. Crotone at home. Cagliari before having you know hosting Lazio on on uh, January twenty eighth. A real chance now. Okay. Fine. Gotten through the struggle of playing all of these top teams and having your losses and taking your lumps and trying to trying to grow a team. This is the kind of slate, okay, let's get on a run now, right? If they don't get on a run on this, I'm going to be fully on the Montella out bandwagon because uh, it's a tasty group of games that you should be able to win. Uh, no offense to any of these teams. Um, Fiorentina probably poses the biggest threat, but if they come away with mostly draws and even some defeats in this, I'm going to look at, at Montella as being incapable of, of steering the ship in the direction it needs to go. I mean, you can almost say Champions League is out at this point based on the forms of the top six teams in, in Serie A. Um, things change, obviously. Teams get hot, start hot and they, they cool off and teams from the bottom also you know, heat up. So anything can happen is still early, but I mean, this string of games that you just mentioned, it's a perfect opportunity to jump back in this. If at not, at least keep pace with everybody else. Um, and if they can't seem to string some wins in this, in this run by, you know, by the time we play Lazio, I'm going to probably lose all confidence in Montella at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, justifiably so. Um, so that's, uh, the story on Napoli and Milan. Uh, we had a, Richard, question, we had a little, we? what's that? We had a Twitter question, didn't we? Did we? Oh, we had a Twitter question. Yeah, let's get to the Twitter question. Uh, it's from Grant Gendo. Um, I think that's how you say his last name. Forgive me if I, if I said it wrong. Anyway. Uh, it's so Grant, this, isn't it Grant Jennings, our friend over at WFI? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, this can go to Rafa, really. Uh, will Hamsik break the record this season? Uh, he says it feels like he's only scored once in 50 games. Like you said, he's tied with the record right now with Maradona, so one goal, he'll get it. You obviously said it's on his mind. Can he do it? There's, I mean, without a doubt, he's going to do it. It's going to happen. There's no way he's going to go the rest of the year scoring n- no more goals. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> it's a matter of when, really. You know, yeah. um, <clears throat> I don't really know. You know, because Hamsik has been having better games and better games progressively, but um, you know, I I, <coughs> I don't know when it's going to happen. It should have it should have been shattered by now. Um, but we'll see it. Yeah, we'll definitely see it. I, I do believe we'll see it. <laughs> I hope so. That, that would be embarrassing if he score a goal the rest of the game because he's such a good player. I mean, he's he's yep. a he's an iconic player for you guys. So, I, well, I mean, I was telling my 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 sempre guys on a on a a private message, I believe, um, or, or it might have been on a tweet. If if Hamsik had scored more goals uh, than he has, if he's been playing like the, the Hamsik of, it, I believe that we'd be six or seven points ahead of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, 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 I feel like some, some of the, um, you know, those, those matches that we tied, I think we could have won. Yep. You know, some, some of those, some of those performances he put in on, on the matches that we drew. You know, it hit, a, a normal Hamsik performance could have turned, turned those matches around. We could be undefeated. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the draw, the draw against Kievo and then the draw against Inter. Uh, yeah, and so. to be fair, those those came after you know two Manchester City matches, you know both both of those draws. So, you know, we could have been spent from that as well. Sure, right. sure, sure. 
So that's that. Napoli top of the table uh, after that win. 11 wins, two draws, 34, four, and nine against Milan. Uh, despite uh, the defeat, remain in seventh. Uh, just the top six getting further and further away from them. Uh, so that was the Napoli-Milan game. Richard, you have a little uh, little matter of the Derby della Capitale, don't you? I do, yeah. The Derby, de- Derby della Capitale, it's uh, another one of the big games this weekend. Uh, Roma came into the Derby off a five-game win streak in all competitions, including an impressive 4-2 win over La Viola before the international break. Uh, they're crossed on rivals. They were entering just as hot, coming off a nine-game win streak. Um, this had all the makings of a draw in this game, two hot teams. Uh, but is that how it would turn out? You know, the atmosphere for the game, it was stellar at the Stadio Olimpico, as always, for these derbies. Um, and, uh, you know, the match was cagey to begin with. You know, teams traded opportunities in the first half. Uh, Roma saw the majority of the possession, in my opinion, and Edin Dzeko actually had uh, – he was probably the most lively player, it seemed like, because he had three quality oppor- quality opportunities. Uh, but nonetheless, the score would go into halftime 0-0. Um, looking in the game, you guys, did you think this was going to be – uh, a draw the way the first half played out. Well, I'll 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 take this one first. You know, I hate derbies that end in draws, so I wanted to see a winner. <laughs> I, I you know I wanted to see a winner because it's just like I you know even when uh, Milan and Inter have a draw, it's just like you know ninety minutes for that. You know, I mean, I think the only time I got happy you know on a draw in a in, in a Milan derby was when Lord Zapata came through with the equalizer back <laughs> yeah. in April, yeah. uh, you know, on the last touch of the game against Inter. But that's other than that. Uh, yeah. We, what, what fun is a draw? I, I was, I was pulling for a winner here. Um, I thought because it was a home match for Roma that they would nick this thing, uh, you know, and just because of the reputation that they're starting to establish under Eusebio Di Francesco, uh, that's not an indictment on Lazio. It's just like, you know, if you're going to pick you, if you're going to be forced to pick a winner and you know, just default to the home team. Yeah. What about you, Rafa? Yeah, I never really saw um, it being a nil-nil draw, even though it was nil-nil at the half. I thought there'd be goals, but I was kind of pulling for a draw, uh, selfishly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I did, I did, you know, I could, I could feel goals coming, and um, uh, you know, I, I th- these derbies are so, always so intense, and I, I just, I enjoy watching them, I, and I'll try to watch any any kind of derby. You know, in any league, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I, I again the, the intensity in the first half uh, with with going into going into that halftime, I, I knew we'd see goals in the second half. Yeah, the, the big the big question was which manager was going to be able to move, switch the tactics just enough to get the get the first spark in the game. Um, the game looked like it was begging for a goal, and in the 49th minute, the signing of the summer, Alexander Kolarov drew a penalty and. La solita passeggiata di Perotti che spiazza Stracoscia, la Roma in vantaggio, realizza Diego Perotti alla centesima presenza in el Serie Team. Up steps Diego Perotti who slots home the spot kick and just like that Roma finally in advantage. That scoreline would not stay for long, just nine minutes later there was a ninja sighting. Perotti. Attraversa il campo per Nangolana, Nangolana in posizione di tiro, con il macete, butta giù la porta, raggia Nangolana, 1-2, micidiale della Roma, e raddoppio, giallo rosso. Raja Nangolan puts Roma up two with a brilliant strike. Um, Diego Perotti picked up the assist on the goal. Frank, uh, what did you make of the strike on his goal? 
Well, the the, the neck tats turned out. Oh yeah, both of them <laughs> in full force for Roma, didn't they? Um, well, uh, a fantastic goal from Nangalan. Uh, you know, when he struck it, I said, "Bang!" Love that, love that goal. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, some of it is is that uh, we did the squad with Vinoda, and, and Nangalan's not in it. So, um, so I think that. You know, I selfishly want to think that he scored because he said, you know what, you're not putting me in the squad if you don't want anymore, fine, I'll show you. So, but anyway, uh, you know, in all serious, you know, when you score a goal, you go ahead 1-0. You always, you, a team is usually at its most vulnerable yep. uh, after they've scored. So what impressed me with Roma over those few minutes was that they did not that allow that to happen psychologically. They got the penalty. They felt like, okay, this is still a battle. We got to find a way to get a second one. We got it and, and kept uh, the foot on the pedal. That's, you know, th- that's the players. All right. But that's the players buying into what De Francesco's demanding of, um, you know, so, uh, and the goal was, uh, was, was so well taken. Uh, you know, he, nice first touch to create the space for himself, uh, you know, to run on and strike the ball and, and, and Toroti finding him too. So, um, I, I thought, uh, you know, not just because of the goal and the assist, I thought Toroti was the man of, man of the match here at this derby. Yeah, no, that's a good shot for him. And um, when I saw that goal go in, I thought it was all and all done and dusted. But uh, Lazio did begin to press, and uh, even though the hope was dwindling, Acostas Manolas' foolish play with his arm in the box gave Lazio a spot kick of their own. And up step Ciro Immobile, who buried home the shot, and Lazio are back in the game. Rafa, what did you make of that play by Manolas? Did you think, well, first, did you think it was a legit penalty? And what do you think he was thinking in that play? I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess you can see what he was trying to do, but talk about that play a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, for one, I thought it was definitely a penalty. I was yeah. wondering why, I was wondering what was taking so long for VAR to, to look at it. Um, and then they actually sent the, the ref over and he looked at it and about five seconds later, he dis- determined it was a penalty, but then still stalled to call it a penalty. But, yeah. uh, I think everybody knew it was, you know, uh, there wasn't much, uh, much debate from the Roma side either. Manolas, um, I really don't know what he was thinking. Uh, <laughs> he sometimes <laughs> loses his head, I guess. Just like uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. And, um, you know, up steps Immobile and buries it. And, um, you know, Manolas could have put Roma in a really, you know, he, he, he could have put them in a really bad spot there because, you know, once you get back from a two nil, uh, you know, and get that one back with time left, you, you know, you, you, you're in trouble. You, you could be in trouble and Manolas almost paid, they, you know, they could have paid dearly, but they hung in and, and took care of business. Yeah, I mean, uh, they really had you know Lazio on the ropes, and all of a sudden they gave him a lifeline. All of a sudden you're fighting for your life, and you're fighting tooth and nail just to try to keep that point. Um, you know, a couple odd chances were here and there, but you know, for the most part, Roma were too much for Lazio, and Roma walk away with the Derby win. That win makes it five in a row in Serie A and six wins overall, including Champions League. Um, Roma's impressive season continues, and their flight up the table continues as all after all the matches. They have jumped to fourth place, two points above their city rivals, Lazio. Um, Roma have actually won five of the last six derbies. I did not realize that had won that much dominance in the derby lately. Yeah, they they're they're dominating in the derby, um, and you know I, I I feel like 
they've got they've always they've always got the upper hand against Lazio. But I I could have seen it go the other way this year because Lazio is so dynamic and yeah, yeah. <coughs> they they've got such a squad and and such you know they they play so well together. Simone Inzaghi is doing great things over there. So if if it were to ever be a you know a, you know a five or six derbies, if they were to ever have taken one back, it would have been either you know yesterday or it could still be that you know later on this season because Lazio are no joke either. Frank, uh, looking at this match, I I thought it was one sided. Look, you know, watching it at the bar, but possession ended up only being fifty four percent for Roma and forty six to Lazio. Uh, did it seem that close to you? Not exactly. You know, um, I mean, because I mean, it's, it's not just it's it's you know, we, we it's the old saying possession with a purpose. You know, right. and 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 certainly Roma's fifty four percent had a lot more purpose than Lazio's forty six. I mean. Statistically, that's what it turned out to be, but it optically looked like 65-35 in all reality. Um, you know, uh, I thought that uh, the Jalorossi did did well going forward. They did, you know, they made use of their possession. They got uh, and they carved out chances as a result. And then, you know, I, I it was a game where it was a it, it really was a struggle for Lazio. Uh, you know, and we haven't said that very often about them this season. But uh, but you know. Um, you know, Roma were just the better side. Yeah, and then, you know, according to whoscore.com, uh, they gave man of the match nine goal on, but I'm kind of with you, Perotti, with the goal and assist. Uh, that neck tat actually deserved the man of the match, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, they probably got their neck tats mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the next match, huh? Yeah, a little matter of uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Sunday morning. Uh, we're getting into the Sunday games now, and before we get to the very... You know, we'll we'll get to the very first game, uh, you know, a little bit later because that's not as interesting as the game that I want to talk about. <laughs> and it was part of the uh, usual package of multi-calcio. Uh, it was the feature match of the uh, mid-afternoon slate uh, in Serie A on a Sunday. Sampdoria v. Juventus. Um, all right, Sampdoria, this has all been well and good, but now go do that to Juventus. Uh, and, uh, boy, they did it. Uh, it was nil-nil at halftime, but uh, second half, uh, the scoring and the fun is when it you know got all got all underway. Actually, Sampdoria was forced into a substitution about 28 minutes in. Dennis Pryat uh, was forced off, uh, but it was you know Carol Linetti who why not? He's been fantastic this season. So uh, I'm sure Giampaolo made that substitution. Said, hey, no worries. We get to the second half. Uh, a nice little period of pressure from from Sampdoria uh, against Juventus, and eventually in that 52nd minute, it would pay off. Svirgola Bernardeschi, Duvan Zapata, e la palla in rete, passa in vantaggio la Sampdoria, il gol di Duvan Zapata. Duvan Zapata out jumping Daniel Dugani, uh, just basically on a, a free ball in Juventus' penalty area, heading it, uh, you know, flighted past uh, Wojciech Szczesny uh, to give uh, the uh give the uh, blue karate a a 1-0 lead uh they would have that lead for about 19 minutes and uh would double their lead in fact from a man that uh we keep telling you don't just call him a box to box midfielder Ramirez ancora per il tiro il raddoppio il raddoppio di Torreira 2-0 per la Sampdoria il gol di Torreira al 26esimo del secondo tempo all'improvviso la fiammata di Torreira la Sampdoria prende il largo Lucas Torreira with a very well taken goal Sampdoria 2-0 8 minutes later 3-0 really 3-0 against Juventus 
Pallone dentro l'area, il controllo, il tiro e c'è il gol del 3-0. 3-0 della Sampdoria con Ferrari. Ha segnato Ferrari, incredibile Amarassi. Sampdoria 3, Juventus 0. Gianmarco Ferrari with a tap-in and that made it 3-0 to, to Sampdoria against Juventus. All the Juventus oh, yeah, haters were just <laughs> loving it. I mean, you can hear Rafa then. Everybody's just going nuts, but this is Juventus and the referees and all this other stuff. So, of course, they're going to get a penalty. <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain converts that. And then a second goal just before this game ends, just to create a little bit of drama from Paulo Dybala. Dybala, Dybala dentro l'area, Dybala, Dybala, 3-2, attenzione, segna la Juventus il gol di Paolo Dybala, il dodicesimo gol in campionato per lui. Well taken individual goal by the Argentine international, but Juventus would run out of time and Sampdoria would hang on for Rafa, a signature win for Marco Giampaolo. They've been good, but this is a next level win for this team and for Giampaolo. It sure. Yeah, it sure is. Um, you know, what can you say? Uh, you know, I, I think like we, we spoke about before we, we came on, um, you know, we, we, I, I, I saw this coming. I saw Sampdoria able to beat Juventus all day long. I just didn't see a three nil a three nil lead in you know in eighty minutes of football. I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and it was so it was so great to see it. <laughs> and um, the goal by Zap, the goal by Zapata, uh, assist by Bernardeschi. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know. But but uh, you know, and and I always have a soft spot for for Duvan Zapata because, uh, you know, and I, I talk to my guys at Sempre, and we all are in extreme agreement that if if we were you know able to keep him on our team, we we, we definitely should have. Um, you know, obviously, you know he's working he's working magic at Sampdoria. We could have taken him back from loan, but we decided to sell him along with Strinic. And I really feel like those two guys are what we re- could really use, you know, uh, as far as our depth goes. But credit to Zapata for uh, muscling. Um, was it Rugani in 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 the box over there? Yeah, it was, and, it was Rugani from what right. I saw. Uh, and then what a goal by Torreira, man! What a what a magical finish by him. Yep. And and the way he had Chiellini. Like 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 seeming like he was going near post, but then took a shot far post, and it was just it was just awesome to 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 watch Sampdoria, and I've had so much fun watching them all season long, undefeated at home, and you know they keep rolling, and it's it's uh, you know I'm actually kind of worried to play them later on later on this season because yeah. I think if anybody could could beat us, it could it, it could be Sampdoria. Oh, very much agree with that. Uh... Uh, you know, we, 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 we took it, we took it in the shorts against them going to their place uh, a little right. earlier in the season too. So uh, there's, uh, you know, it's just, they're, they're, they're going to be that team at Sampdoria. Samp- yeah, yeah, if you have Sampdoria away, that's, that's, that's one that's turning into a uh, tougher and tougher fixture to get anything out of, uh, right. you know, the way things, the way things are playing out. Richard, uh, no Buffon and, and Chesney is obviously serviceable enough. Had a great season at Roma last year. Yeah. Uh, no Barzali. Uh, Allegri says World Cup hangover. Um, I mean, do you buy that, or is do you, no. do you buy that, or is that a, is that a front because Barcelona is coming up? I think it's a front because Barcelona is coming to town, uh, or they're going to play Barcelona. 
He's he's a savvy enough veteran that it's not a game like that. I'm sure it's it's tough that you didn't make the World Cup. I get it, but I mean, you're how old are you? And you're how many years have you been playing football? Yeah, he, he's just getting ready for for Barcelona. Give him a little extra rest. Give him Barzali a little extra rest because they're gonna need it because they're not gonna be on the, they're gonna be playing defense the whole time against Barcelona. So um, I think that's all it really was. Uh, that, go back a little bit about Zapata real quick. Did you guys see him mocking the Dybala mask after his goal? No, no, I didn't yeah, see that. Go back and watch the replay. He's mo- he's mocking the Dybala mask after he scores a goal. It's, it's it's actually pretty funny. I was like, nice. wait a minute, I have to watch it again. I was like, wait, did he just do what I think he did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, yeah. So I, I think that was just all a front for Buffon. I, I think he's gonna they're just sending him to uh, get him ready for Barcelona. Yeah, I just I find that strange that you're gonna you're gonna talk about a player like Buffon like that who you know even being 39 he's a competitor and obviously all we're all upset about what happened. But, you know, he's he's one of those guys that throughout his career was willing to just turn the page, uh, you know, and get on to the next challenge. So, um, you know, so to, I, I really quick though to 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 speak on that. I mean, it, I think it's a little added that he's uh, that 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 was his last match for the Azzurri. You sure. know, he's never really had to deal with that. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously he's never had to deal with the the, you know, the uh, you know, missing a World Cup. Uh, altogether, but he's dealt with true, you know true, a World Cup true. heartbreak and losses in finals. He's also had to go through the fact that this is it, you know, and and those tears on TV, you know, if we have to talk about that uh, really quickly, um, I think we're more geared towards the fact that he's he realized that that's it, he's done. There's yeah. no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow for him. So I mean, I could see him sitting for it, and especially since it's Barcelona, you know, ha- having to having to play Sampdoria and. And risking uh, you know a loss again <laughs> before some before Barcelona, um, but you, like you said, um, uh, Richard, I think you said it. Uh, yeah. he, he's 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 a consummate professional. You know whether I'm a Napoli fan or not, and and you know he 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 could have definitely come out and played played today, but um, you know Barcelona is an important fixture, and I really feel like the the Champions League is is their tar- their number one target this season. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely agree with all of that. Uh, uh, how many uh, how many millions uh, did uh, Lucas Torreira add to uh, his sale price today, Richard? <laughs> uh, a lot. I don't know. He's uh, uh, give a number. Come on. <laughs> Seventeen. Uh, 17 seems seems a good number <laughs> at that rate he's up to 80 so yeah. as a, you know on his on his form right now well yeah. and yeah, yeah 80s fair the way he's playing and what he can bring so um you know i just hope uh Tabatas has been watching um and uh yeah, right. you know and gives him gives him a proper call up uh for the uh, uh for the uruguay national team in the summer so and I think he will. Uh, he's going to be forced to come special to a sentence player, there. Special player. Indeed. Indeed. So, you know, that puts Sampdoria on 26 points with a game in hand on, you know, leaving a game in hand on the top three. Um, you know, they're, they've had 12 games. Lazio and Roma have 12 games. Everybody else in that top 10 have had 13. So, um, is there a chance with no European distraction right now that they can rock the apple cart here, Rafa, and finish top four? You know, I was going to mention that earlier. I I definitely think there's a chance that they can crack top four. Um, but you know, and then I think, oh well, then there's Lazio, and then there's Roma, and then there's, you know, a, a 
I mean, you never know. Milan uh, can can figure something out and, and and contend for top four too. So it's it's really it's so stacked right now. But you know, no Europe, like you said, uh, it's working wonders over there on the other side of Milan. You know, and and yeah. I think uh, I think that's something to say. Um, yeah, I can definitely see them. You know, f- uh, fifth fighting for fourth. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, at the rate they're going, that's uh, I, I, I can't fight you on that. That's for sure. So, mm. so yeah. So, uh, so Sampdoria again sixth on twenty six points. Juventus slipping to third on thirty one points. And Richard now has the explanation for why they're in third. Well, yeah. Well, um, we had a game, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't the. It was just as good as the other games. Maybe just not not live up to the hype as the other ones. Uh, we had Inter against Atalanta. Inter would be the host at the Giuseppe Miazza. Um, we had Milan call up the San Siro, but that's that's for another day, another day's topic. Um, you had two very good managers playing against going against each other, Luciano Spalletti and uh, Giampiero Gasparini. Uh, two teams who play you know similar style. I mean, they both like to attack. Um, this is definitely a game of two really good teams. It was, I was very curious before this game to see how both teams would fare against each other. Uh, Atalanta, they've not done, been the greatest this season. They're, they're what, like 11th, 11th place, I think, last time I remember. Um, they are far from what they were doing last season. And Inter have been, have been resurgent under Spalletti. They've been, they've, they've been stable with him and they don't, they don't show their up and down motions that they had last year with all the managers, including Pioli. Um, the first half, I mean, this game seemed like it was all Inter. Um, it wasn't possession-wise. It was fairly even. But um, first half, Mauro Icardi, the captain, had a good opportunity. Uh, he just missed it. Uh, he had a good breakaway, and uh, he was stopped by Berisha. Um, going into the second half, um, Inter, they were looking to capitalize on some of their opportunities. And finally, a beautiful pass by Antonio Candreva found. Parte il pallone, il colpo di testa, il gol di Mauro Icardi, al quarto tentativo fa centro, Mauro Icardi, 90 in nerazzurro, e l'Inter è in vantaggio. The captain, Mauro Icardi, with a header. Um, this guy, Rafa, Mauro Icardi, he, can, he not only can score with his feet, but he can score with headers just about as well as anyone, huh? I was waiting on the third goal um, with the you know a header on the ground like when Cavani yeah. scored. Yeah. Remember when Cavani scored against Juventus at San Paolo? He scored a goal, all three goals with his head, one like to one side, one to the other side, and then he dove. Yep, yeah, and then he dove it. They called it the scorpion header because it kind of looked like <laughs> the ball hit him in the back of the foot right, and right. went in. So I was kind of waiting for that, man. I, you listen, I'm not the biggest Icardi fan at all. I I don't like him personally. No, no, uh, you know, just yeah, <laughs> no. I, it's it's common. It's common. You know, it, him and and another guy. I'm not going to mention his name. I don't like to say his name, but uh, <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about. But but you can't deny you can't deny the fact that he's uh, you know he's playing to his full potential for for uh, Spalletti. And he's what's he now? A goal game now? Thirteen, thirteen or fourteen goals now? Thirteen goals, yeah. Yeah, thirteen uh, goals. Uh, he's he's a he's a big reason why Inter are where they're at. Um, along with I believe uh, you know Milan Skriniar is also really awesome. I love that guy. He's he's a, he's a great player. And um, Mario Icardi is a, a bona fide striker. Who who knows how to score goals from anywhere on the pitch, and it showed today. 
I really actually did think that Atalanta might have some sort of a chance today, but, uh, you know, I guess not. Yeah, and, you know, the way, you know, after, after that goal happened by Icardi, I was curious to see how Atalanta would respond, you know, going down a goal. But eight minutes later, uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio with another beautiful pass. Traversore di D'Ambrosio, colpo di testa ancora! Ancora di Mauro Icardi! Doppietta di Mauro Icardi! 2-0 Inter! Una sentenza! And there's that man again, Mauro Icardi, with another header with a goal. Um, Frank, this guy keeps scoring. He's, you know, Imoli scored, got the record with 14 goals in 11 games. Um, but this guy, Icardi, he seems to be keeping pace because, like you said, what is that, 13 goals now? That's, uh, not too shabby for a guy. Just, just under the radar, it seems like. Yeah, he's, um, we'd be talking a lot about him a heck of a lot more if, uh, if Chirley Immobile wasn't doing what he's, what he's been doing. You know, yeah. by the way, we, we missed the Immobile tracker. He's on pace for 48 goals. Uh, this season, uh, with that goal uh, slacker, at the weekend, and, yeah, you know, and and, and it, 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 what does it say if you know Icardi scoring a goal a game and he's not the leading scorer in Serie A? It's just uh, it, you know, it's 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 mind blowing, and you know, we left him off our squad with Finora, um, uh, the this time around, just because of how we shaped our team, uh, doesn't mean we're going to leave him off the next time around when we revise it, but um, he pops up and score goals. I had a feeling when I looked at this this game that this was going to be a Moro Icardi game, uh, that he was going to come good with at least one goal, uh, but then but then popping up and netting the brace. Uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio, you know, proving us right for putting him in the uh, squad de Finora uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago there. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, and then and Rafa referred to Skriniar, another strong performance from him. So, you know, it's uh, we, we talk about teams with spines right now. We talked about the Roma spine, but, you know, Inter have a spine as well. This is a this was a tricky fixture for them. Uh, an Atalanta team that needs to try to find some kind of form in Serie A. Uh, you know, Gasparini's men seem to have made it obvious that their goal is Europa League uh, and, and trying to go as far as they can. Maybe it's just that's how it's turned out and they're just happening to be playing better in Europa League at this point but uh, you know they're sitting in 11th and I don't think any of us would have figured out Atalanta to be in 11th at this point no no not at all we picked a couple teams that we thought were going to be dropping this season and Atalanta wasn't one of them necessarily um you know after that goal that pretty much put an end to the game uh speaking of Argentines um uh, Papu Gomez, he had a, he had the closest opportunity for Atalanta. His shot missed wide, and you know Inter were able to hold on and win two nothing. Like you said, Moro Icardi, he just shows up in big games. And I, you know, you look at the standings and eleventh place. Atalanta doesn't seem like a big game, but don't be fooled. There are they are a good team. They're just with the, with Europa League, and they, they just seem to be had, uh, trying to just trying to stay stay above water right now. And um, Icardi showed up, and Inter will get the win. Keeping pace with the uh, with the big boys up top. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, uh, let me get your take on this, Rafa. Inter should they be a legitimate threat right now to Napoli's uh, position at the top? Well, I'll tell you guys what I told um, the guys over at Curve America that when uh, James asked the question, James um, over at, over at Sempre in our our pre uh season show 
who I thought besides Juventus would be the, the, the biggest threat to our Scudetto push would be. I picked Inter solely on the fact that they acquired um, um, Spalletti. Yeah, and and because I I really thought that they had the right pieces in place, uh, just they needed the leadership, and honestly, I I think the same thing about you know you guys over at Milan, uh, you you guys have the right pieces in place, and I really thought you know more for the season for you guys, especially you know at at the end of the season, definitely like second or third Champions League, but I thought the same thing for Inter last season, um, but you know they had no. They had no guidance. They had they had fired their coach. Uh, you know, Mancini quit before the season started, and then they yeah. then they had DeBoer, and he was gone three weeks later. And then you know they had to go elsewhere. So like, to, you know, with the right guidance, you know, I always thought that Inter would be something special. And when he asked that, I said Inter, no doubt, because Spalletti will get Inter to where they need to be. And it's no surprise to me that they're at they're at where they're at, but. Um, I am a little shocked that it's them right at our coattails and not Juventus, uh, but it's still so early. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I fully believe that Inter are, you know, like I said before about Sampdoria, no Europe to deal with also is, is dangerous for a team like Inter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah, you know, agree with that. I still wait for... You know, Richard, what do you think? I still wait for that. I still wait for the other shoe to drop with Inter because they've done this before where they get a, a manager, they buy in, and then it all fizzles out at some point. Yeah, and they do have a manager whose teams in the past have been known to drop the other shoes as well. Um, so it's very fair assessment to say that. Um, I I was kind of also on the Inter front. Maybe not. I didn't pick them as high as third, but I, I did say they might be able to sneak into Champions League spot this season. Um, yeah, I mean... We we all wait for the other shoe to drop for sure with them, but it, right now, I mean, their defense is not great by any means. But they're holding, they're holding fine. They're 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 keeping clean sheets. They're getting the wins. Uh, but at some point, you you wonder when the Icardi goals start to dry up, how will the team react? Um, maybe his goals don't his goals don't dry up, but maybe the rest of the teams, you know, something has, you know, there's a fall off there. You wonder how they're going to react in tough times. Actually, with all all these top six teams, how are they going to react? And I think of the top six, Inter, I am probably thinking, would probably react the most in the worst way. So I could see where the drop-off would come there. But as of right now, they seem to be uh, trying to change that that dialogue, I guess, and, and say that they're here for, for the long haul. And I guess we'll see coming over the next coming months uh, if they can keep that, keep that up or not. Yep, yep. Absolutely, but uh, it's uh, it's shaping out for a very interesting title race. Four teams uh, on thirty points or more. Uh, first through fourth have you know five points between them. It's uh, this is going to get fun. Uh, you know, buckle up. I think Rafa's really happy being at the top, but you're at the top looking over your you're you're at the top looking over your shoulder, my man. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, those are the four big ones. Your thoughts on them? Go to at sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, now we will get into the rest. Well, Richard, we just went this long without having the transition music, so I thought we would we would just have a break. <laughs> that sounds good. It's okay. split, you got to split the good games from the not as good games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we had some, uh, we, we, I mean, good games, some interesting storylines developed. Let's just get into what happened with everything. 
Uh, it's Sunday all started with Crotone at home against Genoa. And Genoa going on the road in uh, new manager Davide Balladini's debut. Yes. Uh, we, we don't know if he uh, he has a Swedish wife. He made headlines for saying that he has not spoken to her since the first. <laughs> I don't know if he has talked to her since or if there's a separation going on there or, or anything like that. But nonetheless, he is the manager of Genoa and he steered the Gifone, uh, you know, to a big away win over Crotone. Luca Rigoni getting the goal there. Uh, in the 11th minute. So that's how that one uh, went down. Uh, moving into uh, another game, Benevento at home uh, against Sassuolo. Uh, Benevento w- working on getting their first point. Sassuolo just trying to see if there's any sign of life to them. Alessandro Matri opened the scoring in the 57th minute. Uh, eight minutes later, Benevento would equalize through Samuel Armenteros. Uh, making it 1-1, and Benevento think they have their first point of the season, and at the death again. Can you have your heart ripped out twice in the, in a matter of weeks and stomped on? Well, if you're a Benevento supporter, yes. Yes, you can. In the 94th minute, Federico Peluso scores, giving Sassuolo the three points. Benevento wow. again, again, no points for Benevento. There must uh, it, be a it, curse it, on them from all the Serie B teams cursing them, you know, after, they, you know, no one thought they should have been promoted after, you know, position they were in going to the playoffs. Uh, so I think everyone just gave a curse on them, and I think it's paying, oh. paying dividends. <laughs> just, well, there's a there's a curse on the town. That's why they call the Benevento the, the witches. They're called the witches. Oh, right. the, uh, the town of Benevento, the, you know, the people from there will tell you that they're, they're notable for being a cursed town. So mm-hmm. them making Serie A alone, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And them making Serie A alone, I think they're just – you know, it's funny that Tad from Cuba America says he calls them the, the team just happy to be here, you know? Yeah, but, uh, making up making up the numbers for sure. Yeah, it's just sad, sad. Oh, just a just desperate time for Benevento just to get a point. It's you know, don't worry, Milan Milan comes calling on December third, Benevento, there's your chance. Did you hear <laughs> so, did you hear the other the other uh news bit about Benevento today, the the, the record that they broke? No. Okay, ready for this? I, I did I saw it, I forgot it though. Go ahead. They are now officially in the top five European leagues off to the worst start in history. Wow. Officially, 13 matches, breaking the uh, 1930 record from Manchester United. <laughs> oh, wow. You wouldn't have thought that. Uh, you, wouldn't have, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought that's the team whose record they broke. Wow. Manchester United started 12, uh, 12 losses in a row in 1930. So you're saying wow. Benevento has a chance to become a really good team then? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk in 70 years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> 80, 86 is more. Like yeah, 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 definitely. So, oh man, poor Benevento. It just, uh, you know, now you're just rallying for them to get a point at this point. But, uh, sure. Uh, you know, moving on, it was Spal hosting Fiorentina. It was Alberto Peloski taking advantage on a rebound to open the score for Spal. Uh, and then that got canceled out 10 minutes from time. A nice little combination between uh, Gian- Giovanni Simeone and then Federico Chiesa. Uh, there's one of those young Italians that we were going to talk about, finishing it off. Uh, to uh, spare the blushes for Fiorentina, uh, uh, Rafa, that's uh, Spal doing Spal things again, aren't, isn't it? It is. It sure is. Yeah, Spal Spal took the lead over there, and and um, you know I, I always I always thought that they, uh, you know, had the of the three teams 
the wherewithal to, to end up staying up of the three teams that were that were promoted. I think I think they can actually hang hang in there for another season. Well, they're in a safe spot now, so uh, you know. So we'll see how that that plays out. Torino one, Kievo Verona one. Uh, Peperim Hetemach going first for the Flying Donkeys, much to uh, Richard's dismay. No Pucciarelli, no uh, Inglese. No, I actually don't like Pucciarelli. He likes just no. Inglese and uh, and uh, who's Lissier. the old guy? Lissier, yeah. yeah. So and then uh, that got equalized. Hey, another young Italian, Daniele Baselli, in the thirty-third minute. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, in the second half. Uh, and Andrea Bolotti was brought down in the penalty area. Initially, the referee waved it off, but then they went to VAR. It was confirmed a penalty. It was all for naught. Bolotti missed it anyway. It was a save uh, from the Kievo goalkeeper, Sorrentino, who was celebrating his 75th birthday. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> And did so by saving a penalty. So uh, we do that with the old guys sometimes, Rafa. We exaggerate how old they really are. So. Oh, you were exaggerating. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is he seventy-five? <laughs> he might be. He might be. He looks it. He looks it. So uh, Torino won, Kievo won, <clears throat> and then finally, um, you know, the, the the last of the rest, Udinese home against Cagliari. That ended one nil for the away team, the Sardinians, through uh, Joao Pedro after some confusion with the Udinese defense. But the Udinese defense has been conf- confused all season, so it's no big surprise there. Uh, bigger surprise here is Calgary kept a clean sheet, Richard. Yeah. Uh, did they ship in defenders for the game or something? Because that's, that's un-Calgary-esque. Uh, they give up no goals. Um, good for I them can, to get a win. I confess, I played back there. <laughs> <laughs> My name's on the sheet there somewhere, I think. Just you. Just you back there. <laughs> they held a team that beat Sampdoria 4 nothing to a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean that 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 was three penalties though from Udinese uh-huh. too. So, hey, I mean, do, talk to Domenico Barrera, Domenico Berardi, and uh, and uh, Bellotti about penalty kicks. Yeah, it's not, it's not always a given, you know, that they're going to score. <laughs> no, yeah, it was it was a weekend for his penalties. It was a weekend for young Italians to score to reassure us Azuri fans that the future is still fine. Um, you know, but uh, you know, looking at that collection of games, Rafa, uh, what jumps out to you the most? Um, the, the, the fact that Sampdoria are for real. Well, we that, talked that, about that. We talked about that already. I'm talking about these, the, 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 heap of five that we just had to go through. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the other, oh, those games. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, what jumps at me is, um, I, I really think that, um, if you ask me, uh, Benevento is screwed. <laughs> they, they, there's like. Definitely, um, uh, pr- like I mean, I'm not even exaggerating when I say I can see them not getting a point this season. Mm. You know, I I mean, it, it, they could go all season without a point. But uh, what another thing that jumps out at me is that uh, Sassuolo and uh, Cagliari and Genoa picking up very very big wins, much yeah. much needed wins yeah. from other all teams right around the bottom there. So to me, all that's, on the road too. that's what stood out. Yeah, oh yeah, all on the road and. And, you know, it, it just it, it's so cool that, you know, the top of the race is 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 so exciting this season. But the bottom of the race is going to be just as exciting. I think, you know, the bottom of the, the field there. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bit of a race there. I was going to ask you over under on Benevento at eight points. And clearly you're on the under. I'll ask Richard that question about Benevento. Uh, I'll set the over under at eight. Do they go over that or under it? 
Oh man, I I also have a gl- a glum feeling about them. I think I think it's under. I think it's yeah. under, man. Yeah, I think eight. I'll be impressed. It's going to be hard. Uh, not, it's going to be. They're not going to pull a Crotone. No, I don't think so. They're not going to pull a Crotone. No, no, I don't think they're going to pull a Crotone. Okay, well that's you know I I I don't think so either unless unless they get Falcinelli on loan. I don't think uh, on his form. I don't think that'll help him. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know for me. You know, Crotone looked like they were getting on a getting on a good roll there, and then losing at home against Genoa, uh, you know, reminds you that they're still, you know, they're still going to have their problems. We were singing their praises there for a few weeks, um, you know, but then they dropped the three points here, um, you know, so that jumps out. But you know, I'm with you, Rafa. The you know, key away wins for for uh, Cagliari, for Crotone, uh, for Cagliari, Sassuolo, and Genoa, um, you know, and Genoa getting their first win under Ballardini, you know. I mean, they had some. I mean, they performed reasonably well under Urich. They just weren't getting. They just weren't putting points on the board. Now, right. you know, now it's a uh, now it's a new leadership, new voice, new direction. How quickly do they buy in? Well, right off the bat, they've come away with three points. Uh, you know, and what could be looked at as a relegation six pointer when we get to the end of the season. So, you know, um, you know, bump me up with these five games. Really, what stood out to me was Fiorentina not being able to win at Spa. Um, yeah. You, it's a it's a team that you think should have all this quality and should be able to beat teams like Spall, and then they struggle against them week in and week out, and I don't get it. I mean, I thought Pioli, yes, it's probably still early in their project, but I would have thought Pioli would have a way to get you know get by these kind of teams, and he seems to be struggling all season long to get them. Yeah, but I think we were going to say that about Fiorentina all along is that they were going to have hiccups like this, and they were going to yeah, come at yeah. they were going to come at moments that you wouldn't think they would come, but they're going to be there, you know. Yeah. So. You know, this is just one of those examples. And Spall's just that kind of team. They're 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 bothering people right now. You know, they gave, not they gave gonna... Napoli some trouble also. So I mean, well, they bothered the yeah. hell out of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. M- Milan needed two penalties to beat them. So mm-hmm. you know, so and they gave Inter a run too. Uh, yeah, uh, not, not for nothing. They were they were drawn. They were tied one one until I think the eighty seventh minute or something like that. Absolutely. There's a real fight to them. No doubt about it. So sure. Um, we've got one game on Monday here, guys. It's uh, Verona uh, at home uh, facing Bologna. Bologna will look like they were starting to get into the ascendancy. They've had a little bit of a dip here uh, in the last couple of games. Verona starting to show a little bit of fight uh, here in recent games. They did drop that game uh, before the break against uh, – well, they, had, they dropped two straight. Um, you know, but uh, otherwise, you know, that they, they, they come back to draw Torino, they – you know they fought hard in the uh, the Kievo game, so they're trying. The performances are there, the results aren't there. Um, you know when it comes to Hellas Verona, uh, you know as far as Bologna is concerned, um, a team that's firmly going to be in the top part of that bottom half uh, the entire season. Not somebody that's in really grave danger. Uh, you know of facing relegation unless they just had some total disasters just because the pieces are in place. Rafa, I ask you, um, how do you see this one going down? Well, I think Bologna really do need the victory. Um, they they've dropped their last four in Serie A, so they do need to beat Verona, and I think they can beat Verona because they're a rough, you know, they're a rough and rugged team too. Uh, Donadoni's got them playing great. Um, you know, they were they were three wins and one draw, and the draw was to Inter uh, before they lost those four straight. So hopefully they can get themselves back together um, and take Verona out because I really don't like Verona at all. So. Let's let's mm. hope that they can let's hope that they can take care of business, but um, yeah, I, I can see I can see Bologna coming away with three points away. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 to Bologna, so I'll be with you kind of in that vein. I think there'll be some goals in this one. Richard, how do you like this one? Yeah, I think there's going to be goals in this game. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you guys thinking Bologna should uh, should take this, you know, get bounced back on on the winning side. Um, two ones a good scoreline. Um, I for sure see goals in the game. You know, both teams seem to give up goals, especially Verona. So uh, we, hopefully it'll be a even more scoring high scoring game than that. But I see two one for Bologna for sure. Yeah, if I got to pick a scoreline, I'll go three one. Okay. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Well, let's continue with the theme of the young Italian. Simone Verdi will get out there. Let's do it. Let's get these guys playing well. You know, this was the longest week of our lives, I think. Yeah, we've you got know? four years and four years in front of us for these guys to step up. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's 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 start them early. Exactly. So, well, if you watch this one, if you watch Verona Bologna, then you are a diehard. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> I might have it on at my desk, <laughs> just in the background. I'm not gonna like stare at it or anything like that, but you never know. Uh, your, your predictions on Verona, Bologna, or, or you can even just tell us if you if you don't care, then that's fine too. Go to Serie A Sit Down on Twitter uh, or uh, Instagram. Let's move on to Serie A in Europe. All right, match day five, the UEFA Champions League. All three Serie A teams mathematically still in it for an opportunity to progress to the knockout stages. Our guest's favorite team, certainly in the most daunting position, uh, Napoli. And that is where we will begin our discussion because Tuesday uh, they take on Shakhtar Donetsk at home. Uh, They are six points behind Shakhtar at the moment. Uh, They sit in third. They have to beat Shakhtar. Failure to win, they can get ready for uh, a Europa League place where, you know, will uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's a test of their depth. Their depth is just going to play because at that point, uh, Rafa, it'd be safe to say, you don't get out of this group. The it's you're putting all your chips in Serie A, right? Well, I, to be fair, I think we're putting all our chips in Serie A anyway. Yeah. Um, you know. I hate to be the guy to go ahead and say that, you know, I wouldn't be as disappointed as other Napoli fans out there would be to be out of the Champions League uh, because I think crashing out of the Champions League gives us a further advantage in our quest for the Scudetto. Um, and and actually finishing in third, going down to the Europa League, gives us a better chance to to rest our classic 11, as we say on on. Sempre and uh, field some of the bench the, the, that we have sitting there practically doing nothing <laughs> because yeah. Saudi's uh, rotation system is, you know, uh, a little bit, you know, left to be desired. But, um, you know, I, I, at the same time, I can also see us um, coming wait away second, with Wait a, a second. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to actually rotate players to have a rotation system, don't you? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that's that you guys put out about you know, your players. And then Kenny put it out. And I think it's like your top 11 get like 90, 90% of the of the gameplay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, no rotation. Yeah. That's no rotation. Yeah. No, and and of the three teams in Serie A uh, in the Champions League, our our uh, you know top you know our three uh, attackers uh, have the most minutes as well. You know, and that's got to take a toll. That's got to yeah. that's got to you know in the Champions League is what I'm what I'm saying. And and yeah. um, it's got to take a toll. And 
you know, going to Ukraine was never going to be an easy, easy task and playing against Man City. And so I just feel like Napoli's got this luck in the Champions League, this this utterly crap luck. Like no matter what we can, what we do, we're 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 doomed in the Champions League. But but, you know, at the same time, I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's doable. I think we can we can beat Shakhtar at home and we're definitely able to beat Feyenoord. In, in Holland, yeah. it's just a matter of now of what Shakhtar do against City uh, on the last match day, and we've also got to beat them. And I want to say we've got to beat them two nil or by two goals, yeah, um, to get that tie break. Because so we've got to kind of beat them handily at the São Paulo. Um, yeah, which is not out of the question, which I think you can do. It's you know. not. It's not out of the question. Um, we had a pretty, you know, we've had a we had a pretty nice win. We, I feel like the second half we 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 took the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Maybe that was intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, maybe Saudi came out and said, "Okay, let's you know, let's let's take it a little bit more easy." You know, we at the end of the day, you know, qualifying for the knockout rounds of the Champions League is you know, is, uh, something that, you know, we should focus on, but I mean, if it's going to come to the expense of a Scudetto, then I'd say, forget it, you know, and let's just go down to the Europa league because honestly, this is our best chance to, er that we've ever had to win a Scudetto. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, we will be in the champions league for the foreseeable future. If you ask me in the next five, five, six seasons. So, you know, we, we have an, more opportunity in the Champions League to showcase why why just, you know, why why put all our eggs in, in all the baskets when we can put all our eggs in the Scudetto basket. That's my view on Napoli and in the Champions League. And the other thing you got to concern yourself with is even if you do get the result that you want against Shakhtar, Manchester City is probably going to beat Feyenoord, which will give Manchester City the outright group win. Um, and they're going to go to Donetsk on match day six with guys like Angelino and um, Frank Carvello. Yeah, they're going to call me to go out to the. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm and I'm going to tell Pep. I said, with all due respect, it's really cold in the Ukraine. I don't want to play. So, <laughs> so um, uh, but yeah, but players like me, okay. Uh, so I see your point there, but but I think that. Man City are the type of team that that are going to want to get all all six wins. So I'm hoping anyway. I but with with what Aguero has been going through, there's no way he's going to the Ukraine. Uh, no, but I mean their their bench their benches is, is are, are no slouches either. So I think maybe they can pull something off. Let's just hope. Let's just hope that they can. <laughs> all right. Well, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat Shakhtar three uh, nil on Tuesday. What's your <laughs> predi- what, Rafa? What's your prediction? Oh, man. I I don't like giving predictions for my team, man. I don't. But if I if I have to I I have to do a prediction, I'll go three one. Okay, three one. I got three nil. Richard, how do you like this one turning out for Napoli? Uh, let's make it two nothing Napoli. Two nothing Napoli. Okay, so we all think that they're gonna get what they need. They'll they'll complete that first step uh, on match day five. So moving on to the. Uh, uh, the games on Wednesday, huge games. Uh, Italy v. Spain, uh, time to get a little revenge on Spain. Um, you know, and uh, it's uh, Roma in group, uh, in group C. Yeah, Group C, uh, traveling to uh, take on Atletico Madrid, and then you've got Juventus in Group D, hosting 
Barcelona at the J. Um, Roma, a point, sees them through. Uh, Richard, on a scale of 1 to 10, your confidence level in Roma getting that point, considering the form under Eusebio Di Francesco, coupled with the fact that Atletico is having a hard time playing in their new home. Confidence is very high. Um, I, uh, I, I was against. I wasn't sure how Roma would handle Champions League, much less being on the road. And then when they went to Stamford Bridge, they showed me something. They have a spine, and so I'm not going to go against Eusebio Francesco in, in, in a game like this. Um, I think he'll have the tactical with, wherewithal to at least get a point out of this, if not three points. So um, my confidence is high in Roma right, right now. I'm going to say one-one. What's your what's your call? One one. Um, yeah, that's a good shout. One one. Uh, I'll go with one one. That sounds that sounds fair. Okay, Rafa. What do you think? Enough. What do you think with Roma at Atletico Madrid? I say Roma two one. I think Roma's okay. going to come out and win this game. Atletico are not nice. playing well at home, and uh, they're not playing well in in La Liga as well. So um, you know, I mean, they're fighting for their Champions League lives. Yes, but I just think that Roma have it. You know, in their brain that that they're going to progress um, as far as possible in this Champions League. So I can see, I can see them winning 2-1. to one. Uh, I, 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 Jekyll both goals. <laughs> Jekyll both goals? Okay. Yeah. I just want the record to reflect that uh, very early in the season when this Champions League draw came out and we had we, we went over it on the Serie A set down that I was the one that said Roma's path to the next round is Atletico Madrid failing. Uh, so, hey. I, I, I'm patting myself. Yes, I am patting myself on the back for that. So <laughs> everybody else thought Rome, Roma to the Europa League. So yep, that's, yeah, you know. Yep. So uh, you know, but that's just my eternal optimism in trying to see the Italian team stay in the Champions League for as long as they possibly can. So uh, a, a marquee game from you know from a brand name perspective, uh, their fortunes are a, a little bit different in in their respective leagues. Barcelona has been killing it in La Liga to say the least. Juventus obviously in third, as we discussed in Serie A. We come into this with Juventus uh, only three points clear of Sporting Lisbon for that second and important spot. Would need to beat Barcelona by more than three uh, here to overtake them for first place in the group. I There's no way I can see that happening, but um, I, I, what I do see with, with, with Sporting hosting Olympiacos... Um, <clears throat> You know, and in considering considering Juve's form, I think Juve are going to get the draw here to keep themselves a point ahead uh, of Sporting going into match day six, and then they'll try to go to re- go to Greece and go for the win against Olympiacos to get through uh, as the second place team. So this is another one where I think it's going to be a draw, and I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. Uh, I think this is going to go against the grain. I think it's going to be two-two. Um, I think Dybala is going to turn up as he did in the home leg against Barcelona earlier in the spring. Um, I think that Messi's going to turn up. I think that uh, uh, that this is going to be a, a, a go-for-it kind of game, and uh, I see a point uh, for each team. I see a 2-2 draw. Rafa, how do you like this one? Uh, I see Juventus not beating Barcelona. Um but I don't think that they'll lose either. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one-one. Okay. But it's gonna be highly entertaining, and Juve are gonna press, and they're gonna they're gonna try to avenge this loss from this week. And they're playing. You know, they they 
they are adamant about getting, I'm sure now, especially more than ever, Gigi Buffon uh, a real shot at the at the Champions League. And for my sake, I hope that they're in as long as possible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm saying I'm going to say one uh, one. All right, I got two two. Uh, Rafa's got one one. Richard, how do you like this one? I'm going to go different from you guys. I'm not going with a draw. I do think Juventus are going to try to um, stack it up defensively and try to shut down. Uh, what Barcelona is good at. Uh, with that being said, though, I think it's going to be Juventus 1, Lionel Messi 3. I have no confidence in Juventus right now. At home at the Juventus Stadium. Yeah, I think Barcelona is a team to them that after that first game, they kind of, it's. I, I think they, they shook them and they're, they're not, I don't want to say terrified of them, but uh, they're not confident against them. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got some varying opinions on how that Juve uh, Barcelona game is going to turn out. So, uh, all right. So to recap that, uh, we all think Napoli are going to get the win that they need against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Richard and I think that Roma are going to draw at Atletico. Well, Rafa thinks Roma are going to win, and then uh, Rafa and I think Juve are going to draw against Barcelona. While Richard does not see a positive evening. Uh, for the old lady against Barcelona, a 3-1 defeat, a messy hat trick. So uh, moving on to the Europa League, we'll go real quick on this one in Group D, AC Milan hosting Austria Wien. I believe a point is all they need to go through. Uh, Atalanta is away to Everton, and I believe looking at that, um, they just need a point, the Atalanta in Group E. Yeah, a point. Uh, sends Atalanta through uh, to the next stage uh, if they can if they can do that. So um, you know that's that's where Milan are in, and that's the position that Milan and Atalanta are in. And then finally, uh, Lazio uh, playing host to Vitesse. Uh, Lazio already wrapping up a spot in the Europa League uh, after their late win against Nice on match day four. Uh, I'll start with this here, guys. I think that uh, Milan will beat Austria Wien uh, and uh, and uh, wrap up, or at least be in position to wrap up the group win. Which I guess in the Europa League it doesn't matter. You just got to finish first or second. Um, I think that Atalanta will go to Everton and get the point. They will get the draw, and I think Lazio, even with a reserve side, are going to be too much for Vitesse, and they're going to come away with a win. So I've got Milan win, Atalanta draw, Everton win. Richard. How do you see it? How do you see it shaking out? Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Oh, actually, I am in agreement with you overall. I think Milan's going to win. I think um, Atalanta are going to get a get a find a way to get a point at Everton, and then um, uh, Lazio are going to win. So, mm. okay. And Rafa, how do you like those games going? I think Milan are going to win big. I'm sorry. I think Milan are going to win big. Um, okay. I'll be fine with that. They need yeah, to win. Too. No, I mean, they need to win big. Uh, they need to show up in the Europa League, too, because the past couple of matches in the Europa League have been some stinkers. So yeah. they need to win big, so I think they're going to. Uh, I can see Atalanta beating Everton. And Lazio win, too. Yeah, so I'm going to say wins all around. I'm really impressed in what the Italian teams are doing in the Europa League this year. I think it's great. Same here. Same here. Yeah. Okay, so you think it'll be a sweep? We sweep. Richard and I. Yep. Okay. Richard and I think that they'll at least at Atalanta will go away and get a draw. 
So uh, with the other two teams winning. So those are our predictions for this week's matches in Europe. Uh, go to at Serie A, sit down on Twitter or Instagram, tell us what you think about those games. That will put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Time for a uh, social media and shameless plug time. And uh, Rafa, we'll start with you. Uh, where can they follow you on Twitter and uh, uh, plug away anything you're interested in plugging away? All right. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle's at Rafanopoli83. Um, of course, you can find um, us at, uh, at Sempre SSC Napoli as well on Twitter. Um, check out the show on podcast. Um, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, check out the show on iTunes and Podbean. I'm sorry about that. And then um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, sla- uh, facebook.com slash Rafanopoli83. And Instagram at Rispo Edge, and that's pretty much it. Um, you can find me on there, and I talk about Calcio, and I talk about other things, and it's a lot of fun. And I like to talk to people about about pretty much everything. So don't excellent. be afraid to give me a follow, and and um, let's uh, let's have a good chat. Excellent, excellent, uh, and uh, let's have you on again sometime. Uh, maybe Absolutely. We can, maybe we can. Uh, Maybe we can get all the uh, the Napoli podcasters on for a uh, for a pod here down the road. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Give us a call. Want, I, ha- I had fun. We wanted to get you guys on this one because, in all honesty, we see we seem to get guests that specialize with teams, um, and then they lose. So we thought, <laughs> okay, they're playing Milan. So let's get a Napoli guy on and, and try to get our. <laughs> it did not kids. work. It did not. work. Yeah, we can't do that anymore, Richard. It didn't work. All right, Richard, how about you? <laughs> uh, I'm actually just going to give us some shout-outs. Uh, again, want to thank the Cool for America guys. They were gracious enough to invite me out to their event. Uh, so thank you for that. And also want to give a shout-out to the Semper boys, uh, Semper Napoli boys, I should say. Uh, Rafa, thank you for coming on the show. And, you know, thank you for all the work you guys do because yes. you guys do great work. Yeah, absolutely. We have a blast doing it, man. And, and we love doing things like this. So give us a call anytime. Sure. Anything, uh, anything you're working on, Richard? No, with Thanksgiving around, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get some work pieces done that I've been saying I've been want to do. I just with Thanksgiving, I'll finally get some time. I think hopefully, yeah, get that stomach expanded for the for oh, all definitely. The okay, <laughs> so uh, you can find me at ftc underscore twenty one on Twitter. Uh, my blog, the Calcio Consultant, on World Football Index. My most recent uh, <clears throat> my most recent posting, uh, November thirteenth, two thousand seventeen, Calcio's Day in Infamy. Uh, give that a read. I will come up with something new here in the coming days. Uh, I just, I'm having writer's block right now as to what to write about, but uh, I'm sure something will pop up. Um, but uh, you can also go to at City, sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, give us your thoughts there. Questions for future pods. Uh, any ideas for future pods? We, we, we'd certainly be happy to listen to them and tackle them. Uh, again, Rafa, uh, big thanks to you guys. Uh, big thanks to you and, uh, you know, for joining us. Let's, uh, let's get you on again real soon. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Had a pl- uh, it was a pleasure and had had a great time. Yep. Thank you, thank you, and to all of our uh, all of our American listeners out there, we wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the holidays. Eat a lot. Drink a lot. Uh, enjoy some time with your family. Uh, as watch a little Europa League it's on Thanksgiving. They <laughs> they don't celebrate Thanksgiving out there in Europe, so they're going to go out and play. Uh, but. Uh, you know, do, we, we do thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And as always, be sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.